As part of the world's response to the war in Ukraine, sanctions against Russian, uh, the Russian invasion have included things cultural as well as financial and economic. And to talk about that, I'm pleased to welcome back to the program, Alan Cross, musicologist and host of the ongoing history of new music. Hi, Alan. Hello. I'm uh, actually quite fascinated by this because there are lots of music and media angles to the, to the war. And uh, they are having an effect, I think. Tell me about um, streaming. Let's start with that and how big streaming is in Russia and, and what's happening on the streaming services. All right. Russians stream an awful lot of music. Uh, 70% of the music that they stream is of domestic origin, but 30% comes from outside the country. Spotify has closed their offices in Russia, uh, but have continued to stream into the country simply because uh, they, this could be a backdoor into uh releasing anti-propaganda stuff that's uh, being perpetuated in Russian media. Facebook and Twitter have both been either um, throttled or completely restricted. Streaming music services have not, so they offer a way to the Russian public that uh, has not been blocked yet. So if you have enough artists that are putting up uh, anti-Russian messages, anti-Putin messages, uh, it may reach uh, the population in a very different way. Uh, Spotify continues to have rules against any kind of political content on the site. Um, would that not apply here? You would think, but this is a special situation. One of the things that a number of artists have been pushing for is the ability to put political messages on in, as part of their homepages, their feeds on, on Spotify. And I haven't seen any yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, this is the next step. And just as uh, touring acts are continuing or rather restarting their tours right across the world, we're seeing a lot of cancellations in Russia because of the situation. We are. Uh, Live Nation, the biggest promoter in the world, has decided that they are no longer going to do any business in Russia whatsoever. They released a statement uh, over the weekend saying that, nope, we are severing all partnerships with our Russian people uh, and we are not going to do anything more in the country uh, until this this whole thing is is over, so that's one thing. Lots of other bands, of course, have uh, have pulled out. Uh, I'm going to give you a list here: um, Nick Cave, Franz Ferdinand, Sum Forty One, um, Ramstein, uh, Bjork, Slipknot, uh, Iron Maiden, Biffy Clyro, Placebo. They've all pulled out of of Russian and Ukrainian dates. Also interesting is what is possibly to come. You, you, you would think that somewhere out there, there is an anti-war anthem being written, being recorded. Look at the way that Sting's Russians has all of a sudden jumped back into our consciousness again. That might be part of the conversation going forward. Yes, and uh, just on Friday, Big Wreck, the Canadian band, uh, released a version of Russians that they recorded in early January. So maybe they knew something that we didn't know. Uh, but they have released it, and if you go to Bandcamp, uh, you can buy that song for $1.25, and all proceeds go to various uh, Ukrainian humanitarian funds. Uh, and you know what? I just found something here. There is a uh, song called, oh gosh, uh, Bayraktar, and it is a nationalistic song that looks like it was recorded in a bunker in Ukraine and is being used to troll the Russians. And basically, it's like, uh, I can't, I, it's pretty profane, <laughs> but uh, uh, basically, it's like, hey, you, you idiots, uh, we're, we're, we're eating your lunch using our Turkish drone. So these songs are coming out. Um, 
it's just a little it's, it's a little easier to get them out although i don't know how many russians are going to see them because of the uh, restrictions placed on, on their internet you know i i think of you know as i grew up in in the 80s when you know there was a concerted effort uh, for artists to protest against apartheid in south africa and and some of the great music that came from that and i i'm wondering if we'll see that kind of resurgence now that's a good question the reason we haven't seen a lot of protest songs like we used to in the pre-internet days is because the news cycle moves so fast by the time you get outraged, write a song, record it, and get it out there, we've all moved on. So it doesn't, it's not like back in 1971 when Crosby Stills National Young put out uh, Ohio and had it in the stores in two weeks and it became this, uh, this anti war anthem. Uh, depends how long this, this, this goes on. If, uh, if it continues to go on for, for weeks and months and, and years, yeah, you know what, we're, gonna, we're probably going to see some protest songs. Uh, but like I said, we, we're seeing a few already. Um, some of them are in English, some of them are in Russian, some of them are in Ukrainian. Uh, it, it could happen. It really could happen because this is not a short news cycle story. Absolutely not. I'm just wondering how you are handling, this is something I ask a lot of people, how you're handling just the information overflow. I know you're somebody who is, you know, tuned into what's going on in the world. I, doom scrolling such a big issue, I think, for everybody right now in terms of their mental health. We want to stay on top of what's happening, but also we need to be able to you know, deal with our own lives and our own mental well-being. How do you handle that, Alan? This is a, this is a tough one because I, I'm, you know, um, first of all, I'm of Ukrainian stock. So uh, my entire family has sort of got a vested interest in what's going on here. Uh, we had <laughs> planned to go to Kiev a couple of years ago, and now we're not going to be able to do that. So, um, you know, it, it's hard not to, to do the doom scrolling thing because we've been conditioned to get our dopamine hit even in negative ways by, you know, going through Twitter or Facebook or wherever. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know if I'm handling it well at all. I'm, I'm quite concerned about what's going on. Just, you know, I know that Putin has battlefield nukes. Uh, he and other people in his administration have made threats about nukes. And it's, it's, it's really, really... Um, it's really scary. I remember feeling this way in the early 1980s when Ronald Reagan and the Star Wars Initiative and there was uh, Yuri Andropov uh, and Konstantin Chernyenko who were very belligerent uh, Russian premiers at the time. And we ended up having songs like 99 Red Balloons from Nina and mm. uh, also uh, Two Tribes from Two Tribes from Frankie, yeah. Yeah, so uh, it, it's kind of like, like that now except that thanks to social media and the internet, it feels a lot more immediate than it did back then. It was like, okay, so this cold war thing has been going on since 1945. Uh, it, it gets hot, it gets cold and, you know, it, it's, it's, it ebbs and flows. This somehow feels different. And that um, has been keeping me awake at night a little bit. I don't think you're alone in that, Alan. Appreciate your time today. Please be well. You too. That's Alan Cross, musicologist and host of the ongoing history of new music.